Money is a tool. Financial literacy is a skill you can learn. My name is Dave Galegas. I've spent the last 25 years in the mortgage industry with a front row seat to American financial habits. And what I have to offer is so much more than about mortgages. So join me for a journey into financial literacy brought to you by me and Zenith Home Loans. I'm your host, Dave Galegas. All right, welcome back. This is episode number two of uh, More Than Mortgage. And today I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna get in a little bit more on credit card debt. It's such a, it's a, it's such a topical subject for me because last episode, credit card debt in America is $1.2 trillion as of December, 2023, highest it's ever been. First time it went over a trillion was I think back in June this year or earlier in the uh, late summer, early fall. And $1.2 trillion, trillion worth of debt is an incredible number. The average interest rate people are paying are 24%. That's insane people. So if you find yourself, you know, so let's start there. Like what, what are some of the strategies? What are some of the approaches that you can take if you find yourself in this position? One of the things that's critically important to all of us, and, and this relates to mortgages and it relates to car insurance and homeowner's insurance and renting property and almost anything in life is having excellent credit makes everything cheaper. Just remember that. Remember I said that having excellent credit makes everyone, everything that you buy, whether it's, whether it's financed or not, it makes everything cheaper. You get a better car insurance rate with better credit. You get a better, you, 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 you may not even be able to rent like an apartment that you want to rent. They don't necessarily charge you more, but they won't let you in. So everything is cheaper and everything is easier with excellent credit. And Excellent credit is something that's available for everybody. I'll do an entire episode on how to, you know, strategies and tactics. Well, that'll be an ongoing discussion topic of this podcast. But the first thing that you should know about your credit cards is you need to make sure that every credit card that you have and every financing thing that you have is set up to be paid automatically whenever the minimum payments do. Now on credit cards, and I would tell regardless of what your current credit card balance is, you can always pay more, but you never want to pay late. And one of the mistakes that I personally would have made or have made is that I didn't want to set up the minimum monthly payment because I wanted to pay more and I have to do that manually. And I wasn't sure exactly how much I was going to pay. And so I would not set up the automatic payment and then something would happen and I would forget. And then I paid the credit card payment late. And now I have a late payment on my credit. Well, in the mortgage business, because we help people buy homes and we want you to have the best credit possible. The better your credit, the better, the easier it is to get the mortgage and the better interest rate you're going to qualify for, the better loan programs you'll qualify for. I think everybody knows that, but let me put it out there that that's exactly how that works. A late payment that you've made in the last 30 days bangs your credit for 30 or 40 points. And that thing takes about 12 months to season out of your credit scoring. So if you make one late payment on a credit card or on anything really, and it, it's a, at least 12 months before your credit score, it won't recover fully in 12 months, but it's 12 months before it gets back into a range that was similar to what it was before it happened. So you always want to make sure that you've never made that credit card payment late or a payment on any outstanding reportable debt late as it relates to your credit. So, so that's the first strategy. So make sure that you're set up to make the minimum monthly payments on all your credit cards, on all your outstanding consumer debt and that, that it's paid automatically without you having to do anything. Now, if you find yourself in a situation where the debt's beyond that, then that's a whole different, that's a whole different subject that you have to address. So I'm assuming that you've got the money to make at least the minimum monthly payment, get it set up to be paid automatically. The second strategy, you've got to figure out a way 
to manage this debt and and address the debt. So I have my own story. My own story was that, you know, my my wife and I, we have three kids, they're all grown now, but you know, I was struggling a little bit in our business and I found myself, my kids were in private schools and they were getting ready to go to college and I had debt managing the business and getting the business to run profitably. Woke up one day and found myself pretty upside down in a lot of areas on my credit because I wasn't paying attention to it at the level that I should have been. And I read a great book on the subject and I can't recall now the name of the book, but it was similar to a lot of the personal finance books. So what I'm going to share isn't that earth shattering or mind boggling this strategy. But the first strategy is taking the time to type up on a spreadsheet exactly who you owe money to, exactly how big the balance is, exactly how much the minimum monthly payments are, and then exactly how much the rate is and that you're paying in interest. It's funny how people struggle with the idea of doing that. And almost without fail, anytime I've ever gotten anyone to do this or anybody has talked to me about their finances uh, when it comes to people who work here, like I do this with a lot of the staff at my company at Zenith Home Loans, where I'm, I offer this all the time, where I'm happy to help you with your personal finances. It's, it plays such an important part in our lives and it creates so much stress and drama and anxiety for us when it isn't being managed very well. And so almost without fail, when I tell somebody, the first thing I want you to do is make a list of all the debt. And I want you to stack it based on the balances that are outstanding and list them and keep the non-mortgage debt separate from the mortgage debt. So for the people who have a mortgage, if, if they don't have a mortgage, and they want to buy a house. That's typically what it is. People who want to buy a home and they want to talk to me about like, well, I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to buy a home because I'm just in so much debt and I'm afraid to look at it and all that stuff. And you know, for the most part, this is one of the things that we specialize in at Zenith is that we that, that's what we do is we, we help you figure out a path to get where you want to go, right? What's the plan? But what most people say to me when I tell them I need you to write it all down is they don't like it. They don't want to do it. And um, I understand. I do. I get it. I get why you don't want to do it. Because what I think what happens is that most people, you're, you know, you kind of bury your head, you know, like, oh, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to know how much it is, because if I know exactly how much it is, it'll freak me out even more. I guess that's the reason. And I wasn't doing that myself. I don't think that I consciously made a decision like, oh, I don't want to look at it. But I know I was consciously not looking at it. When I didn't have the ability to get rid of the debt, I didn't want to, or at least when I thought I didn't have the ability to get rid of the debt, I didn't want to look at the debt. And that's a giant, giant, giant mistake. The longer you do that, the worse this problem gets because you're just putting off the inevitable. And by not looking at it, you're going to grow the debt, right? Because at the very least, awareness is the first step. Once you become aware of the number, you'll stop adding to the number when it comes to your debt. That's what I've noticed that everybody, everybody that I've done this with without fail. And I've done this with, a, with dozens of people that have worked here. And then obviously with plenty of my clients over the years is that the moment they take the time to itemize the debt, the debt stops growing. Now, why do you suppose that is? I can tell you why it is. The reason it stops growing is because now they see the number and they don't want it to grow anymore. That's it. So 
once people recognize that they have a problem, they typically stop adding to the problem. And when it comes to their finances, typically. And so that's the first step. The first step is make a list of what is all, what is all the outstanding debt? What are all the obligations that I have? Because awareness is the first step. The first step to solving the problem is acknowledging you have one. And, and I think that's what making the list does for you. What's the first step is to just create a list of, you know, and, 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 and mine looked like, okay, well, I owe this much money to this creditor. This is the balance. And I did, I stacked it by the amount of the balance. And then I'm going to tell you how I resorted the debt because, um, there's a bunch of different strategies for this, but I have one that I think is far more effective and has a much bigger impact, um, in a shorter period of time. Uh, it's just, it's much more logical than Dave Ramsey's snowball effect, which people, a lot of people heard of, or the avalanche effect. Anyway, you stack the debt, but you have to know all those other things. You have to know what the minimum monthly payment is. You have to know what the interest rate is. And one of the things that you do on a spreadsheet is that you divide that minimum monthly payment by the outstanding balance. And at least that'll give you a number of months until it's paid off metric. It won't be an accurate metric because it's not calculating interest. It's only dividing the minimum monthly payment, but it's at least a metric that will show you something that you will be shocked by. Because if your minimum monthly payment on, you know, a $10,000 credit card balance is $88 and you divide that by 10,000, you're, you're never paying it off because the interest is accruing, especially if it's accruing at 24%. It's just a debt that you're going to have for the rest of your life. And that's the mistake. That's the allure of a credit card, isn't it? The allure of a credit card is I get $10,000 worth of goods and I only pay 88 bucks a month, but it's forever. And the interest is accruing. This is how credit card companies and banks get rich. Uh, you know, if you didn't know, these companies have loads of cash and they use a lot of that cash to lobby Congress to pass laws and bills that are to their benefit and they're to your detriment. So keep that in mind. Once you have the debt stacked up and you know the, the balances, the minimum monthly payments and everything else, I like to look at the balance that is creating the biggest monthly obligation. And I like to figure out, okay, which one of these balances can I pay off that will give me the biggest monthly debt relief, right? Because the, the faster I get rid of those monthly obligations, the more money I have for the other obligations. And so let, let's just say I owe $10,000 on uh, debt and, the, and uh, uh, the minimum monthly payment is $800 a month. And I have another $10,000 debt and the minimum monthly payment is a hundred bucks a month. And the interest rate on the $100 a month is 25% because of the way it's set up. But the interest on the other one's 8%. A lot of people think it's like, oh, pay the higher interest one off first. And my answer is like, no, do not pay the higher interest one off. You're going to get rid of $800 a month in monthly obligations, paying off the bigger, the $10,000 debt that's $800 a month much faster because you're going to now have an additional $800 a month once you get rid of the $10,000 debt to go towards your other debt. So it's important to know that metric. So what you want to do is leverage the outstanding balances towards the biggest monthly obligation first. And by doing that, you're going to gain, you're going to gain traction much faster because all of that, all of the gain can go towards the rest of the debt. 
faster and you'll and you'll get that you'll get there that much quicker so so that's the strategy that i use on a further episode i'll, I'll demonstrate what i'm talking about using a spreadsheet so i'll show you what it looks like so i know that for for me when 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 i so this was it wasn't that long ago this was in 2009 i found myself about two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt mostly student loan debt for my children that i had guaranteed so that i get my kids through college and but you know these monthly obligations were significant and owing $250,000 was like a shocking reality to me and i hadn't taken the time to put it in writing the rest of it was like i would i would i would probably say the rest of the debt that i had was related to businesses it wasn't like i was spending money on vacations and things like that or jewelry or restaurants we didn't dine out a lot of kids were in school and my wife and i were both working and it wasn't that like i said it was 2009 2010 and um but i found myself in a position where i had to freaking get to work to get rid of that debt because i didn't want to spend the rest of my life in that environment and the first thing i did was i stacked up all that debt and i saw because the bigger debts on the student loans were smaller, much smaller monthly payments. And the debts that had the biggest monthly obligations were probably some of the smaller debts. And so even though the interest rates were higher on the other, on, on, on some of that debt. So I focused on the biggest monthly payment first. And by doing that, I was able to gain a lot more traction a lot quicker. Some other things that are really important to pay attention to, as soon as you see the debt, then you can start strategizing. What I find a lot of times is happening with people is that they've got one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas at the same time. So they're trying to save, they're trying to save, they're putting money in a 401k. Uh, it's always interesting. I've seen people that have, they're putting money into a 401k, they've got a 401k loan and they're carrying outstanding credit card balances. This is such a waste of time. This is such a, there's so much mixed information that we get in our personal finances from the financial community that, um, and this is why it's so important for you to be a critical thinker when it comes to managing your personal finances. So if you're carrying debt, I will tell you that the first thing you need to do is stop trying to save and making minimum monthly payments on your debt. Stop. It's It's a waste of time. Now, I wouldn't say empty out your 401k to get rid of your debt. That could be a strategy for some people, depending on the situation you find yourself in. I would try to avoid that if I could, because you've already done that, but I would stop the minimum, whatever I, my contributions are into retirement savings for the time being, this isn't forever. I would stop that and I would focus all my energy on that debt. And there's a really simple reason. If you're paying the average credit card debt in America is 24%. And I promise that no one's getting 24% in their retirement savings. No one. So it really is critical to focus on eliminating this consumer debt. If you're carrying, I see some really tough situations that people find themselves in. They're not only credit card debt, but they're they're financing cars, they're financing furniture, they're financing just, you know. That's it. Remember what I said in the first episode. If you're carrying an outstanding balance on a credit card and you lack the ability to pay it, you spend more than you make. You don't have to live like this. And uh, these these luxuries that you've become accustomed to are really going to break you. So you got to stop. I've seen we, you know we've seen this before, and you don't want to go down that road when it comes to your life. And at some point, you got to pay the piper. 
right? Because, you know, the disaster scenario is you find yourself in so much debt and it becomes such a crushing load that you find yourself in a situation where you might have to declare bankruptcy, which is really a challenging thing to overcome. And you don't want it. You don't want to be there. Next episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about different strategies that you can take with your credit cards and the credit card companies that you're, you have outstanding balances with. But again, step one, the most important step is identifying exactly what the balances are, how much the interest rate is, what the monthly payment is, stack that debt, and then address the strategy for how you're going to attack it. Because once you do that, you're going to be, and the, and the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to stop adding to the debt. I promise that'll be your first step because once you see it in writing. So that's my encouragement to everybody. Get that debt in writing. Be Get naked with your debt. Find out exactly what it is. If you've got a spouse, you guys got to share this with each other. Don't hide this because you're, you're in this together. And it's, you know, when it comes to your personal finances, it can have a huge strain on a relationship. And we, I've been there, my wife and I have been there where having lack of financial peace can break up. It's one of the, one of the top reasons for divorce in our country. And it's not necessary. And it's, it's unfortunate because in, we don't invest in financial literacy in schools, which we should. So we can't do anything about that. If you're already out of school and you didn't get any financial literacy training, we can't do anything about that, but you can do something about it now. And you can do something about that for your own kids by becoming financially literate and say, and sharing those same things. We'll talk about the different books and the different educational opportunities that are out there for you to become better at this, but make sure you're talking about this with your spouse. Don't hide your finances from them. Again, I've been there. I want to make sure that you understand that I've been there most of the people you know have been there. No one likes talking about it. No one wants to share that they're struggling with their finances, but it's more common than you think. And I promise you that most of your friends don't make as much money as you think they do. And most of them are carrying more debt than you think they are. That's just always been my experience. Very few people live the financial peace that you think they do. So that's your next step. Your homework assignment is to take the time to put that debt in writing and and analyze it and decide which debt you're going to start attacking. And again, the, the best thing that's going to happen is you're going to stop adding to the debt because you're going to have a number in front of you now. Thanks everybody for listening and look forward to the next episode. Thank you for listening to More Than Mortgage with Dave Gallegos, brought to you by Zenith Home Loans. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe anywhere you find podcasts and share this episode with a colleague who would also find value.